At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I am Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds as we embark on another week of PGA Tour action, and this week we're on the other side of the country as the Florida Swing kicks into gear in Palm Beach Gardens for the Honda Classic. The West Coast Swing finished up last week at Riviera Country Club with Joaquin Neiman bagging his second PGA Tour victory, a dominant wire-to-wire job with a crazy low winning score of 19 under par. I thought this course was supposed to be hard Wes, this was the best field we had seen all year, and really it did not turn out to be the heavyweight fight we thought it would be. Neiman fired two straight eight-under-par 63s to get his tournament started on Thursday and Friday, and he was really in the driver's seat the rest of the way, really too far ahead to even be challenged. And next thing you know, the 23-year-old from Chile cashes as a 60-to-1 long shot. Yeah, Brady, uh, I don't want the West Coast swing to end because it's been so good for myself and for the show, for that matter. But we do get our third straight outright win with Joaquin Neiman at 60-to-1. Two-shot win over Cameron Young and Colin Morikawa. And really with Neiman all week on approach, he was terrific. He led the field for strokes gained approach, led in tee to green, second for strokes gained around the green. And former number one world-ranked amateur, so he's had the pedigree. Looked like he was going to run away, but kind of didn't run away on Sunday. Kept it a little bit close because it's when you look at the stats, it's just one of the weird things. He was dead last amongst the 75 players that made the cut uh, for strokes gained putting in the final round on Sunday. Usually don't see when a guy puts that poorly or has those poor numbers that he's going to win, let alone win by two shots, but he did. So Joaquin Neiman gets on the board 60 to one, his second career PGA tour win. He is now in the world ranked top 20, I believe number 20 in the OWGR. He will be part of the field this week at the Honda classic uh, price obviously slashed anywhere 18 or 20 to one ish yeah you mentioned it you carried the torch for the long shots crew for yet another week as you landed on neiman as one of your selections that's now three straight outright winners for you uh you and i both had tom hoagie at pebble beach a few weeks ago you and matt humans were both on scotty scheffler in phoenix and then you of course had neiman this week matt humans had him as well but we did not publish that in either point spread weekly or on the long and, shot and show. i gotta give matt a little credit because i mean i ended up on him anyway 
anyway. But Matt and I had a conversation on Sunday night after the Super Bowl at a uh, local establishment here in Las Vegas. And we were just kind of talking about, hey, who do you think you like this week? And Matt was kind of like, you know, Joaquin Neiman, like that guy, we've been playing him a lot and not been getting rewarded on him. But it's like he's going to win really soon. And sooner came very soon, the very next time. So uh, Joaquin Neiman gets us on the board again. Yeah, you told me that story about him kind of leaning towards Joaquin Neiman, and then it was kind of a surprise. I know we had a right. bet on him, but it was a surprise to not see him put him out on the show or in our publication. But that is now uh, five outright winners in the first seven weeks of the new year for Team Long Shots. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, when we do the PSW, of course, we limit it to four. But oftentimes, you know, we're on six guys, maybe, sure. or seven guys for a tournament. So I put him in the column. I did not put him in the four, though. And, and that's kind of been working for me. You know, it's like I've got four outrights this year, but only one time have I put it in the four and point spread weekly. So that's why it pays to, of course, listen to this very program, Long Shots, read PSW, read my stuff. Brady contributes some stuff from time to time. That, of course, is in point spread weekly that's at vsin.com so uh go ahead and cop that read all right let's move to the other side of the country as the florida swing gets underway this week beginning with the honda classic it will be the first of four events in the sunshine state and when we conclude the four uh florida swing west only 18 days will remain until the masters and speaking of the masters the champions course at pga national that is the site of this week's event it is a very difficult golf course and outside of the major championship venues this has been the very most difficult course on tour in five of the last seven years it's a par 70 typical florida setting a lot of water palm trees wind and sand bunkers how did you break down the handicap this week for the Honda Classic? Yeah, and you mentioned it in the lead-in there, Brady, of course, that the uh, Honda Classic at the Champions Course at PGA National Resort and Spy, originally a Tom and George Fazio design, but renovated, of course, by Jack Nicklaus, 71-25, par 70. You got water in play on 15 of the 18 holes. Very susceptible to wind, so keep an eye on the wind forecast because that'll push the balls in the water. PGA National has had the most water balls of any course on the PGA Tour over the course of the last three years. And these water hazards, a lot of time, will force you to lay up more often than not. So you're not going to see a ton of driver off the tee, and especially a shorter par 70. The rough's not all that penal. Fairways are narrow, but average fairway width about 29 and a half feet. So it's more on the narrow side, but not, you know, not a really tight track, nevertheless. Uh, above average speed on the greens, 12 on the stimp. So toughest course, as you mentioned, that's a non-major championship course. Of course, the Bear Trap. Holes 15 through 17 are very tough. They play an average of over about like 0.6 over par. Five, six, and seven, also an equally tough stretch on the front nine. No nickname for it, though. But basically what I looked at, I looked at strokes gain approach. I looked at strokes gain ball striking because I think you want to incorporate a little bit off the tee. Strokes gain par fours, 12 of the 18 holes are par fours, various length. I combined bogey avoidance and scrambling gain. That's kind of like, you know, a little bit of overlap, really, because you'll see a lot of the same names if you go find that. Strokes gain total in difficult conditions, assuming there's going to be a little win here, plus the course being difficult. And then I, of course, looked at Bermuda putting because when we go to the start the Florida swing, we pretty much get all Bermuda on the greens. Yeah, we shift from Poana to Bermuda. I had a tough time with the correlated courses this week because I feel like this track is pretty unique. I did end up using Riviera because of the ball striking element, both courses 
you really have to be on with your irons. And like you alluded to, maybe less emphasis on driving distance and driving accuracy, really both at Riviera and the Honda. I did use TPC Scottsdale for the same areas of focus where driving distance and accuracy are not as important. And you mentioned the Bermuda grass greens. Of course, that's what we saw a couple weeks ago at Scottsdale. And then I used Quail Hollow really for the degree of difficulty that both courses present. And then also they both have the very mm-hmm. speedy Bermuda grass greens. Uh, as far as skill sets, I- I'm with you. I looked at Stroh's gained approach, of course, as we do every week, scrambling, par four scoring, and then also proximity to the hole. The greens at the Honda Classic at the Champions Course are pretty big and they're very undulated. So getting one's ball close to the hole will be of greater importance this week, I believe, than others. Yeah, I agree with you. And some of the correlated courses I had uh, were Quail Hollow. It is a Fazio design. So I think you got to include that concession where they played that workday WGC event last year. It's a Nicholas design, Florida track. A couple short parts, 70s. Wileye is mm-hmm. something I looked at where the Sony Open in Hawaii, of course, is played. A little bit of Bay Hill, which is the event next week on the PGA Tour. And a little bit of Innisbrook, Copperhead. That's where the Valspar is played in Tampa. So, yeah, there's not like as many direct correlations as maybe we found at Riviera next uh, last week. So you got to do a little bit of stretching and a little bit of digging for this particular event. Yeah, you mentioned the Valspar. We kick off the Florida swing with the Honda Classic. Then we go to Bay Hill and then we have the Players Championship and then the Valspar and then 18 days until the Masters after the Florida swing wraps up. Let's bring in a third voice to the golf betting roundtable. He's a multi-time guest here on Long Shots and that is David Bierman, the deputy editor of ESPN Chalk and you can follow him on Twitter at ESPN. David, thank you very much for joining us. We always like to get a regional angle from our guests here on Long Shots and I know this golf course is very familiar to you so tell us about PGA National from a local perspective and how you expect the course to play what type of players or skill sets you think it'll favor this week yeah thanks for having me on yeah you know uh, having grown up down in Fort Lauderdale down in an area got a chance to, to, to see this course many many times very familiar with it I was on hold listening to a lot of what you guys said and, and I agree with you guys on a lot of the things the the ball striking, shots gained approach, uh, being able to scramble in and around the greens is very important here. And in terms of, you know, you asked earlier about about comps, and this is different. This is a different type of course. Obviously, water on 15 holes. The wind is going to move the ball into the water at times and off the greens with the undulating greens. I agree that I think Concession Country Club that they played last year was one of the courses I used for comp. You guys mentioned Bay Hill and a little bit of, uh, of that course, and, and I use a little bit of Muirfield only because Jack has his hands on both of them, but obviously the rough there is a lot rough, lot tougher to hit out of. But this is the type of course where the water is going to make you have to lay up a lot, so distance off a tee is not something I'm looking at, which is something we've looked at a lot with the West Coast courses. But it's something where I think you, you need to be able to manage the course. You need to have familiarity about avoiding where the water comes into play. If the wind is high, it's going to blow the ball through the fairway a lot and into the water. And you got to be able to scramble around those greens. So that's the type of course that it is. And, and it's a very difficult one. It's, you know, the hardest non-major, they call it, on tour. Um, it's going to be fun. It'll be different because you've seen a lot of birdie fest out west. And even last week at the Genesis at Riviera, we were getting scores 19, 20, 21 that you're not used to seeing there. So hopefully the course will bite back a little bit here. We'll have a, a nice competition. It ends with seven or eight under par. 
David, uh, obviously the field is a little bit down compared to what we saw last week at Riviera with all the top 10 in the world. None of the top 10 here this week, but rough part of the schedule as well, because of course you have Bay Hill and then the players immediately back to back after that. And plus you mentioned the difficulty of the course. This beats these guys up. So maybe this is one they want to make a pass on. And look, I was, uh, you know, going through all the stats that matter this week. And I know long shots have hit here. I think four of the last nine years, it's been triple digits or more on a guy but when you look kind of at the board the lower price guys are probably the easiest to make a, uh, a case for so of the shorter price guys who did you look to immediately this week you know it's funny i spent the weekend trying to convince myself that i did not want to go with some jm knowing that the entire golf betting community knows that some jm plays this course well they know he won there two years ago and finished eighth last year but as hard as I could, I couldn't find a way to not bet him. Because if you look at it, not only has he played well here, has the course history, he's in good form right now, and he loves playing in Florida. So it's a situation where it's the perfect storm of the right metrics for the course, all the ones we just talked about a couple of minutes ago. He's 11th in hitting greens, second in shots gained approach, second in scrambling, fourth in total, seventh tee to green. He has three top 11 finishes and five starts in 2022 since the calendar turned over. No, I don't like the 12 to 1 price. I never like the 12 to 1 price, especially in an event where there isn't any big time players where you're not hanging your 12 to 1 on a Dustin Johnson or John Rahm. Like Sun JM would be 30 to 40 to 1 at any other event. So it's not ideal for value. But like you just hit on, Brady, when it comes to this event, it's hard to not look at a guy like Sunday who has played well here, has played well in Florida, is in good form, and has the perfect course metrics. Somebody else I'm looking for whose numbers aren't as short, Tommy Fleetwood, you can find him anywhere from 22 to 30 to 1. I actually grabbed him this morning at 30 to 1. Here's a guy that spent the early part of the year overseas playing the European Tour. You haven't seen him, but that doesn't mean he's ready. he isn't ready to go. It's his first appearance on the PGA Tour since October, but he has three top, 10, top 15 finishes overseas, including a T12 at Dubai. But when I look at Tommy Fleetwood, you guys mentioned Bermuda a few minutes ago. The guy loves playing in Florida. Finished third year in 2020, fourth year in 2018, has three top 10s at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and two top sevens up at Sawgrass at the TPC, all within the last five years. He's a good ball striker, he's a good putter, and he loves playing the Florida courses. It's why he ignores the West Coast. And he comes here. So if you can find Tommy Fleetwood a little bit in the 25 to 30 range, I think he's a good play. Yeah, David, 30 to 1 is a nice number on a guy that has uh, had so much success here. And you mentioned a lot of people don't realize they, they haven't seen him on the radar as far as the PGA Tour. But, yes, absolutely a lot of success overseas recently. Were you able to land on any long shots, maybe some sleepers or anybody in the triple-digit odds neighborhood that you think has a legitimate shot this week? I looked up and down, up and down, and, and I wouldn't rush to the window to take this one, but the more I look, I remember I've been in golf pools for about 25 years, and I remember playing this guy a whole bunch of times at the Honda Classic, no matter where it was at, whether it was at Weston Hills where it was when I grew up or if it was up at Jack's Horse. But Luke Donald, former number one player in the country at 150 to 1, before you guys laughed me off the air, you wanted a triple-digit one. He's made the cut in 11 of his last 13 appearances at the Honda with five top tens. I know he hasn't won anything in significance in the last decade. But here's a guy who was tied for 11 two years ago, was a runner-up in 2008. He's played this course extremely well. Yes, he hasn't won anything in a, in a decade, but here's a 
former number one player in the country who can play this course. And he asked for a triple-digit one because that was the best one I could come up with. David, we've seen some 300-to-1s and 400-to-1s get here. That's as high as Patty Harrington was in 2015 when he beat Daniel Berger in a playoff. So nothing, nothing's out of bounds, I think, really for this week. Uh, you will get some unconventional winners here. But you know this course very well. And, look, you've got a lot of players. You've got a fair amount, especially some of these international players that are coming to play this course for the first time. And it's a more difficult course than they're going to face on a week-to-week basis, which we pointed out a couple times. So when you look at these debutants coming over here, do you think they're more likely to struggle? Or do you think because it's such a struggle for everybody that that just kind of equalizes the field here and the debutant could go very well? I'd be surprised if a debutant won only because most of these guys have been playing on the, on the Puana grass out west and they haven't played in a course that has this much wind and water some of the desert courses, you don't see water at all, and you have 15 different holes with water on it here. So I would be surprised. But if there's a first-timer that I think has the proper game to get it done, solid ball striker and very, very much improved putter this year is Mito Pereira. And we talked about how Joaquin Neiman won last week as a Chilean, and, and this is his fellow countryman. And Mito has had a lot of pub around him, and he hasn't necessarily finished in good standings. But you have to keep in mind, the tracks that they played the last couple of weeks have been, for the most part, birdie fest, where Mito is the type of guy who's second on tour in bogey avoidance, which is a factor here at the Honda Classic when you're talking about a winning score that's going to be probably in single digits and a lot of penalties around the area. You want to avoid bogeys at all costs, and that's one of the factors here. He's second on tour in avoiding that, which doesn't really help you when all these birdie fests are going out there for 28, 29 under par. But in a, an event where single digits is probably going to win, the fact that this guy stays out of trouble and he has been the most improved on the green of any player on tour this year, and with the solid low ball striking that he has, he can stay under the win, he would be a guy that I would play out there as a first-time person that could do well this weekend. David, did you single anybody out or a few players that you think might have a tough time this week? Maybe now you mentioned Mito Pereira. He is a first timer here. Maybe some of the other first timers that you think will struggle, maybe a player that's not in good form or you just feel that isn't a good fit for this course. Yeah. One of the guys I singled out, Russell Knox, who actually had success here about a decade ago, but he's missed the cut at the Honda Classic at PGA National in four of the last five years, and the one year he didn't make the cut, the one year he didn't miss the cut, he finished T51. So no result higher than T51 in the last five years. His work around green, you and I just talked a few minutes ago about how important scrambling is going to be. He's 122nd on tour in scrambling. He's also worse at putting right now. He's in the 200s on tour in putter and middle of the pack in terms of getting off the tee. He's someone who I played over the weekend to try to get into a top 10, and he actually played over par for the weekend at Riviera, which was one of the few guys who did that. So even though he's had some good events recently, had a poor weekend, and if you look at his last three events, oddly, he finished T33 in all three of them. That's not exactly someone who's in great standing, especially with a bad weekend, because he had a shot at a top 10 going into the weekend at Riviera. He's not a guy I'm going to play this week, missed the cut for the last five years, and I don't think this course with ball striking and work around the green is good for Russell Knox. So, David, uh, you may have more on your card, but we're going to limit you to four here. If you had to run in the window, make your foursome, your top four plays here for the Honda Classic at PGA National. 
I'm going to go with the two that I said off the top in Sun JM and, and Tommy Fleetwood, and I'm going to take uh, Florida resident Billy Horschel, University of Florida grad from my alma mater, plays well in Florida, loves Bermuda grass. You can get him around 25 to 1. And my fourth one, I, I want to go Daniel Berger because this course fits this guy perfectly, almost as good as Sun JM. I just don't trust him because of his injury history that he's had the last couple of weeks, missed the cut in his return two weeks ago. So I'm going to go with Keith Mitchell as a little bit of a longer shot as someone that I want to take. Mitchell's in good form, won here two years ago, and as someone who has T10 at, at Waste Management, T12 at Pebble, and T7 at Hawaii, also really good in scrambling off the tee and in tee to green. So Keith Mitchell will be the fourth guy I'm going to play. Very good. I am on a couple of those players, so hopefully uh, your foursome works out well for you, David. Hey, before we let you go, we are 45 days away from the Masters, the season's first major championship. Have you made any plays on a winner, an outright winner for Augusta in 2022, or is there anybody maybe that's on your radar that you're considering to slip on the green jacket? Yes to both. On January 1, one of the local books, one of the local casino uh, sports books here, uh, Sugar House, Bet Rivers, gave away a welcome to New Year's $25 free bet. I put it on Cam Smith to win the Masters, and then he went out and won in Hawaii about three days later. So I figured, you know, throwing money on the guy to win in April and he wins a couple of days later was, you know, laugh at me. Um, I do think he has a good shot at winning this, so hopefully that 25 to 1 pays off. I got him at closer to 35 back in January. Um, one guy that I'm looking at right now, just because I like the way he's playing, he may not be finishing tournaments well right now, but I think Justin Thomas is bringing the type of game that's going to win in Augusta, and he's fine-tuning it. He's in, he's basically contending every single week, as you would expect to. And when it comes time to the majors, I think Justin Thomas is the guy that I would keep my eye on, especially at Augusta, where I think as long as he putts well, he has the right game to win it there, and I think this might be his time. Great stuff as always, David. Thank you for being a regular guest here on Long Shots. Enjoy the Honda Classic, my friend, and go Gators. Thanks, guys. Enjoy, and yes, go Gators. <laughs> Thank you, David. <laughs> that is David Bierman, the deputy editor at ESPN Chalk. We've got no event across the pond this week, so we'll take a quick break here, and when we come back, we'll get right into major implications, some more Masters talk. I have now three bets in pocket for the Masters. Wes has one, and Matt Humans has a couple as well. So stick with us. We'll be right back right here on Long Shots. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
Welcome back to Long Shots for major implications. The first major of the year, of course, is the Masters, and it will tee off on April the 7th at Augusta National Golf Club in Augusta, Georgia. And I have said it here before on Long Shots, I do have Cameron Smith in pocket at 40 to 1. I bet him mid-tournament before he won at Kapalua. Of course, our guest David Bierman catching him before he even started at Kapalua. So a couple of us there on Cameron Smith to take it down at Augusta in 2022. I also played Jason Day and a little bit of a speculative play here as he was at 125 to 1. That was uh, by far the best number I could find on Jason Day. Now, he is not yet in the field. He has not cracked the top 50 in the world rankings just yet, but after he got on that good run, as he usually does, on the West Coast swing at Torrey Pines and Pebble Beach, I took a shot with Jason Day. And then I added another one this week, Wes, another Australian, Mark Leishman. And I also found him at 125 to 1 at Circa Sports. That was the best number I could find on Mark Leishman. He's 8 for 8 in making cuts this season. He has three top 10 finishes already, and he just took 15th at the Genesis. His last four Masters, he's gone 9th, 49th, 13th, and he was 5th last April. He also finished 4th at Augusta back in 2013. I thought 125 to 1 was a pretty big price on a guy who's had so much success at that golf course and currently ranked 37th in the world. Well, it is in a good spot by you because if you look at the market, at least by and large, you know, you're seeing 66 to 1. I think that's kind of pretty much consensus right now on Leishman. But like you said, you got to shop around because this is the time where you'll get variance in a lot of these prices where some will drift up, some will shorten and whatnot. So, yeah, you got to find good numbers at least a little bit where you can because – once we get to like tournament week, and I know I've been waiting a little bit longer, but probably right around after the players is where I'm going to add at least maybe bulk in terms of an advance and then save a couple spots for maybe guys during the week that I start to like a few days before the event. But once we get to Masters week, the market is pretty much going to be the same. You know, where you're going to say, okay, if I can get Leishman, he's going to be pretty much the same price. You know, one market might have him, let's say, 50 to 1. One market might have him 60. You're not going to get a lot of variance. So, you know, grabbing those big numbers early before they drift and especially timing the market like you did with Cameron Smith you know, getting him in the 40 range, and now he's in the mid-20s, and that's probably where he's going to stay. He's probably not going to drift up very much higher. The only thing I have right now, of course, same thing, Justin Thomas, uh, and he hasn't really uh, uh, drifted upwards at all because he's been playing pretty well. He's not been winning, but he was in contention. He was on the first page of the leaderboard at Riviera last week. Same thing for Phoenix the week before. So a guy like a Thomas, you're not going to get all of a sudden, oh, he's going to be like 25 to 1. That's not going to happen. So this is pretty much probably where you're going to get him now as when you get him at Masters week, unless he goes on and like wins Bay Hill or wins the players or something of that nature. Matt Humans, our colleague, the third wheel to our long shots team here is also on Cameron Smith. Got him at 41 to 1. And he also has the youngster who finished second at Augusta last year. Will Zalatoris at 40 to 1. You mentioned you have Justin Thomas. I played Justin Thomas for the Masters last season, and he looked really good through the first 36 holes. 
Did you, if I recall, did you get him at about 14 to 1? That's where I have him, yes. 14 to 1. And that's pretty much where he is in the market right now. Absolutely. I think I may have seen a 16, but uh, yeah, certainly not in the neighborhood of 20 to 1 or higher. Uh, The British Open, uh, of course, this summer, it will be at the old course at St. Andrews. And there's really quite a bit of correlation if you look at who has had success at Augusta National and who has had success at St. Andrews. You'll find a lot of the same names. Zach Johnson uh, has won major tournaments at both St. Andrews and the Masters. Tiger Woods, of course, Nick Faldo. Uh, Anybody that is on your radar in in studying the Masters, have you looked forward a little bit and maybe picked out some names that you might land on for St. Andrews this year? I have not as of yet, but of course you look at some of the shorter routes on the board. Jordan Spieth's also won at St. Andrews and won at Augusta National. Louis Oosthuizen won at St. Andrews. Remember, he lost that playoff to Bubba Watson at the Masters. So, you know, no real, no real surprises, I, I think, here. You're just kind of looking around and maybe seeing if you like any. A lot of the international players, like like the jury is already out on them. So if you think you're going to get sneaky and like bet Robert McIntyre <laughs> or somebody like that at a really good price, uh, the word is obviously out on these guys. So, you know, some of these South Africans and Australians that have won on the European Tour in recent years, if you're looking for long shots at like Garrick Higo or Lucas Herbert or Christian Bezadenhut, uh, so Alex Norin, those guys. So you'll see them drift over time. But uh, obviously still some qualification to be done to get in that open championship field. And they'll have a cutoff if you're at a certain point in the world ranking. They, of course, have the open qualifying series, some of these DP World Tour events and some of the PGA Tour events, especially if you get in the summer after the U.S. Open, they usually have for like the next event, you know, the top two finishers at the Travelers or at the uh, 3M Open or in Detroit, depending on the order of the schedule, can usually lock up open spots. If you look at the players that have had success at Augusta National, their odds to win the British Open currently down the street at the Westgate, Justin Rose, 60 to 1, Adam Scott, 60 to 1, Sergio Garcia, 60 to 1, Mark Leishman. The aforementioned Mark Leishman at 60 to 1. And if you recall, when Zach Johnson won the British Open at St. Andrews, he was in a playoff there with Louis Ustase and I believe Mark Leishman and I think maybe Jason Day as well. I mentioned I have a ticket at 125 to 1 to win the Masters on Jason Day. Jason Day also 80 to 1 to win the Open Championship. Yeah, so uh, look, uh, we'll see if that form continues from Torrey Pines, where he played very well, played okay at Pebble Beach, but. We'll see. You know, he, I think he's playing fewer events because of the injury issues over the years, but maybe that allows him to peak at the right time. All right. When we come back, we're going to get into our match play segment, go over all the plays for Matt Humans, myself, and Wes Reynolds for this week's event, the Honda Classic at PGA National. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. It is time for our final segment, the match play segment, where we go over all of our plays for this week's tournament. Of course, the Honda Classic as we kick off the Florida Swing in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. And we will start with our colleague Matt Eumanns' plays, and he does not have any head-to-head matchups this week. Just four outrights to win the Honda Classic, and we're starting with the Florida State Seminole Brooks Kepka at 21 to 1 is on Matt's card. Also Keith Mitchell, he lines up there with our guest David Bierman got Keith Mitchell at 30 to 1. Aaron Wise, the Las Vegas resident and former Oregon Duck at 45 to 1 and then finally the Canadian Mackenzie Hughes at 50 to 1. That completes Matt Eumanns' card. Anybody on that list make your card, Wes? Uh, Keith Mitchell did. I'll point out, of course, Brooks Kepka, a Jupiter, Florida resident, much like Daniel Berger, several of these players. Jupiter, about 15 minutes north of PGA National. Brooks Kepka, actually born in West Palm Beach, about 20 minutes south of this course. So, kind of a home game for these guys. He was the runner-up in 2019 along with Ricky Fowler to Keith Mitchell, who, of course, is on my card at 35 to 1. Man, it's a short price because it's like he can't possibly be this short right because he won here of course is around you know 250 300 to one shot depending on your number here in 2019 mixed in with that victory he's got a 53rd and he's got two missed cuts but he's shown more consistency lately seven of eight cuts made dating back to that t3 out here at summit in las vegas for the cj cup Top 12 and four of his last five starts, T7 at the Sony Open, where I think you're going to have some crossover success. I think there are four players that I saw in like the last maybe dozen to 15 years that have not only won the Sony, but have won the Honda Classic. Most recently, Justin Thomas has done it, Russell Henley, Mark Wilson, Ernie L. So thought, you know, that made sense to look at the Sony Open a little bit, and I maybe did it too heavy. We shall see. Mitchell also top near the top in this field for SG ball striking, stroke gain on par fours, bogey avoidance, and scrambling gained. Yeah, I landed on Keith Mitchell as well. Got him at 35 to 1. I didn't really want to take less than that, and I don't know if I recommend taking Keith Mitchell at less than that. You've had very few repeat champions here at the Honda Classic, and Keith Mitchell, of course, would qualify as a repeat. Pete winner and Wes you're being humble you had him at 250 or 300 to one a couple of years mm-hmm. ago and, and you're right he's been playing really good and you know like we talked about with David and you talked about it in your question to David um, when you just go off of the stats there's probably only 30 some players in this field that really check a lot of boxes. So it was hard for me to get past, you know, those top 30 guys on the board or so. And, and I ended up landing on Mitchell. He was just one of those guys that, uh, you know, made sense with the correlated courses. He's had great success at quail hollow played really good uh, at Scottsdale over the years. You mentioned YLA. So I am on Mitchell as well. Yeah. And these guys look leading in getting these top tens, top 15s. We saw it with Neiman last week Mm -hmm. where he's, I think, uh, Eight or sixth in Saudi Arabia, and then eighth the start before. Uh, I believe that was at Tory Pine. So I was like, you know, he's got a chance here to play well, even though he didn't like, you know, immediately step out to you. But uh, 
So I'm on Mitchell with you as well. I'll go ahead and just continue my card. My shortest guy, Sun JM did pop to me, but I did not play him. I want to see maybe if I can get him on an in play. Because, of course, Sun JM, once you get to the Bermuda and Florida, we know his success here. Of course, he has won this event before, won it two years ago. Uh, plays well at Bay Hill. I think he has back-to-back thirds at Bay Hill, and that's, by the way, in Orlando, where we'll be next week. But top of my board, shortest guy I got, 22-1, to 1, is Billy Horschel. And, you know, a lot of people like him this week, and for good reason. Uh, Bermuda Billy, mm-hmm. his nickname, uh, got back in the winner's circle twice last year for the first time in four years. He'd been so, really hot. Yeah, seven wins on the main tour. Six of those victories, by the way, came off a top 11 or better finish in his previous start. And recall, last time start he played was at Phoenix. T6 just kind of was ahead of those main groups, ran out of holes, missed a couple putts. Uh, so Billy Orschel wasn't able to get in like a playoff there. T2 last year at the concession, Nicholas Design. I think some correlation here. And also, if you look, uh, I thought this was an interesting angle. Uh, Late in about middle of the summer, uh, when he split with Francesco Molinari, uh, the caddy Mark Fuchs-Fulcher, who spent many years with Justin Rose and Billy Horschel teamed up. And ever since then, they did win the BMW PGA over at Wentworth in England. So they've had some success together. And Fooch, uh, Mark Fulcher, he was on the bag for Justin Rose in those really successful years in the early part of the decade where he was third at the Honda in 2010, fifth in 2012, fourth in 2013. So thought that was a little like bit that. of an interesting like wrinkle. Uh, so maybe that's our narrative street this week. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Vegas. 50 to 1 came close to getting back in the winner's circle for the first time since 2017 on three occasions last year but he ended up settling for runner-up on all three of those occasions 55th last week at Riviera so pretty nondescript but he's 14th on approach 20th tee to green he's got a fourth to his credit here in 2017 has made the cut each of the last five years at PGA National and also, this guy historically plays well on Nicholas Designs. Two wins at Glen yep. Abbey yep. for the RBC Canadian Open, a win at PGA West, where the Nicholas and the Die course are played in that rotation out there in Palm Springs. So, Johnny Vegas, 50 to 1. Denny McCarthy, 55 to 1. Top 15 in five of his last seven PGA Tour events, going back to that Bermuda Championship last November. T3 at the Honda last year. That's his best finish, actually, ever on the PGA Tour. And one of the things you see with Denny McCarthy, he's pretty average with the ball striking i mean we always target these ball strikers and these approach guys his numbers are pretty average they won't stand out to you but he's got one of the best short games on the pga tour third in this field for bermuda putting strokes gain fifth in bogey avoidance sixth in scrambling gain over the last 24 rounds so mccarthy if he can just be like okay this is a guy i think that can steal strokes on the greens where a lot of these guys are going to be losing Christian Bezaden, who 60 to 1, uh, one of the game's best putters as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, top in the field for strokes gained putting Bermuda over the last 24 rounds. Irons have been pretty good lately, though. He's six on approach over the last 24 rounds. Just has to kind of keep it more in play off the tee. And we saw Neiman kind of struggle with that on the back nine on Saturday and a little bit on Sunday. Gained full-time PGA Tour status late last year. I know he's got limited experience in Florida, but of that limited experience, solid finishes here. Seventh at Bay Hill last year, T18 the year prior. Four rounds in the 60s earlier this year at Wiley, where he's T17 at the Sony. That matches, of course, a couple players that played well in that event that I think are going to play well here. And there's another one, uh, Russell Knox. Uh, I know uh, our guest wasn't quite keen on him. uh, And look, 
He was second and third in back-to-back year 2014-2015. But to be fair, he has missed the cut here on four of his last five appearances. So you got to take the sweet with the sour with this guy. Maybe the best bet is to have him finish 33rd because he's done the Larry Bird three straight (laughs) weeks. But second on approach, second on strokes gained ball striking last 24 rounds. He has gone well here before. And uh, uh, 71, I thought, was a fair price. The one bomb I really took at triple digits was 125 to 1. That's the Canadian Adam Svensson, mm-hmm. who's in his second year time on the PGA Tour, was on it about three years ago and then didn't keep his card, had to go back to the Corn Ferry. He won twice last season, played his college golf at Barry University in Miami and actually is now a local resident here in Palm Beach Gardens. So he is really familiar with this course, despite the fact that he only has one Honda Classic in his career, played this all the time in college, practices here. So I think the familiarity will be very helpful. Seventh at the Sony earlier this season as well. So that matches up a little bit, a uh, little angle I played on the card this week. I think that's one debutante on your card, right, in Bezadenhout? Yes, Yep, one debutante. I did. Uh, I don't believe I went with any debutantes. I went with a, a couple of former winners. We mentioned Keith Mitchell. I got him at thirty-five to one. I did land on the chalk, Mister Florida Sun J M. Got him at fourteen to one, and I've even seen that price pop up. Uh, it was down as low as ten to one, and now I've seen it drift up back towards fourteen. Uh, you might not notice uh, this guy is so young in his career, but he has got one of the best records in the state of Florida of any. Anybody on mm-hmm. tour ever. Uh, of course, he won here two years ago, added a win just recently at TPC Summerlin. He is of that mold that's a very good ball striker and a good scrambler. That's kind of who I went after this week. And, you know, if you look what he did out on the West Coast, he played pretty darn well out here. And that was all on Poana surfaces. So now he goes over to his preferred surface of Bermuda. So I did take a shot with the chalk here. I figure he's got to be in the mix. Hopefully he can find his way to the top of the board. Aaron Wise made my card. Uh, very solid history here at the Honda. 13th, 35th, and 33rd in his last three, uh, last three trips. Also pretty solid on the correlated courses and really good at Quail Hollow. I like the way he's been hitting it as of late. Both Mitchell, uh, we talked about Keith Mitchell earlier, both Keith Mitchell and Aaron Wise really known for their ball striking, but both guys have really improved in their scrambling. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, that's the combination I like this week. So I thought Aaron Wise at 50 to 1 was a, a decent shot. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes, Matt Humans, and I line up on that one. I got the Canadian at 55 Another to guy 1. With a really good short game. Exactly. And, and that's where I was headed with this one. Very solid on the correlated courses and a great short game. He was second here to Sun JM two years ago. Um, so I'm hoping that creates a good feel for him at this place. Also, just had a top 10 uh, in Scottsdale. So the form looks to be spot on right now. I'm with you on Jonathan Vegas. I got him at 60 to 1, playing some really solid golf right now. And he's always done well here at the Honda. You mentioned he's won at Nicholas Courses before. I like his ability to play in the wind as well. And maybe that says something about part of his success here at the Honda, the ability to play in the wind. We're not expecting huge wind this week, but uh, if it does get gusty at all, I like uh, Jonathan Ve- Jonathan Vegas's experience in those conditions. And then finally at 66 to one, I took a shot with KH Lee 
Just finished 26th at Riviera. He does have a prior top 10 here at the Honda. 18th on tour in scrambling, 39th in par 4 scoring. Really good current form. And I thought 66-1, to 1 West was probably a little mm-hmm. higher than this guy's odds really should be. Yeah, recall uh, that uh, uh, he won the, I believe, the Byron Nelson last year. Yes. So, uh, and he was right there in the mix in terms of in Phoenix. I think he was like second to Brooks Kepka. So I've seen some support for Cage Lee. I've seen some support for Mackenzie Hughes. He rates on all the Bermuda putting, the scrambling, the uh, uh, bogey avoidance. Mm-hmm. He was in like the top 13 in all those carries. Also, strokes gained par four. I think he was second in the field. So, uh, Mackenzie Hughes was definitely one I considered. And Aaron Wise, I've seen him get some support as well. And you're right, the uh, stuff around the green has very much improved for this guy. Any head to head matchups that you've landed on yet? Yeah, just two, uh, uh, seven, five, and three so far this season. But we did an 0 for last week. So, couldn't get it all, Brady. I guess uh, we can't get greedy when we hit a 60 <laughs> to 1 future. But 0 for on the matchups last week. So, uh, a couple I did take. I did take. Mito, or excuse me, Jonathan Vegas over Mito Pereira is about minus 130, 140 in the market. Also, going against the defending champion, Matt Jones, Alex Noren, minus 130. Alex Noren's really been playing yeah, well. He has. And I considered him, but I kind of want to wait on Alex Noren a little bit because I think this is a guy that maybe could be a little bit of a dark horse at Bay Hill in a better field next week, or perhaps at the Valspar, the players, but he'll probably be on at least one or two of my cards here during this month in Florida. Well, you and I have lined up on another one. Uh, I am also on Jonathan Vegas over Mito Pereira. I was able to find him at minus 120, and part of my reasoning there is I wanted to go well, first of all, you obviously know I like Vegas this week. I have him as an outright, but I kind of wanted to go against uh, not only a debutante, but a guy that's getting a lot of love from the golf tipsters out there in Mito Pereira. Um, Sometimes that's a bad sign. Other times I could be dead wrong, and maybe this guy will go on and get his first PGA Tour victory. The other matchup I took, I I faded one of your guys. I took Tommy Fleetwood at plus 110 over Billy Horschel. And David Bierman, our guest, pointed out how well Tommy Fleetwood not only plays in Florida, but has been playing as of late. Now, Billy Horschel, red hot as well. But again, another one of those guys that's really popular this week. And I thought plus 110 was a pretty good price there on Tommy Fleetwood at a matchup that I kind of see closer to a Mm pick'em. Yeah, and and look, I I think everybody's kind of waiting on Fleetwood. We've been waiting on him to win that big event on the PGA Tour, but he has very good he has very good form here. Now, back in the day when he got that form, of course, he was, you know, a lot higher ranked in the world. He's got two appearances here, actually, Tommy Fleetwood. When I looked at my form sheet, fourth in 2018, third in 2020. Can't really get a lot better than that for a very short sample size. So uh, eighth, I believe, three weeks ago, I think that was over in Saudi Arabia. So he's taken the last couple weeks off. Maybe that rest is going to do him some good, and he could go very well here. Yeah, you and I both went over on our matchups last week. I was red hot on the head-to-heads out of the gate, but went over four last week. So now I'm at 500 on the year. We'll see if we can get back in the black this week at the Honda. That is going to do it for this weekend's or this week's edition of Long Shots. Enjoy the Honda Classic next week. We will head to Bay Hill, and Alex Myers of Golf Digest will be our guest to help preview the Arnold Palmer Invitational. You know the players are going to hit some long shots hopefully we do too
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare <laughs> 